Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 23. We commence the story at verse number 50. It's just past now the death of Christ. A man by the name of Joseph has went and asked for the body of the Lord. Pilate has granted that. We pick up the story in verse number 50. But there was a man named Joseph. He was a counselor. He was a good man and just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went into Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. He took it down and wrapped it in linen, laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned, prepared spices and ointments. And then the only gospel writer that gives us a glimpse into the day between the cross and resurrection. Luke writes these words and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. They've taken him from the cross. They've buried him. They beheld the sepulcher, how his body was laid. The Sabbath arrives. Saturday comes. And they rested on the Sabbath day. I preach to you today by the help of the Lord on this subject between Friday and Sunday. Between Friday and Sunday. Would you ask the Lord to help us now, Jesus? We need your help. we got to have your help, Lord. I'm asking you, dear God, to take that which you've deposited in our spirit and in our heart and help us, O oh Lord, to... Yield it and give it, dear God, to this congregation, Lord, that we may more greatly understand the work that you've done. I'm asking you for the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Would you lift your hands and your voices just one more time to the Lord. And would you make a joyful sound of praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. And you may be seated. God bless you. So many pictures have been painted. So many poems have been written. So many songs have had lyrics used to describe that horrible day on Calvary. When Christ hung suspended between heaven and earth. 
We sang it just a little while ago, that old song of yesteryear, the old rugged cross. It captures not just only that moment, but it captures the place when it says, on a hill far away. And then it captures the symbolism of that event when it writes in its lyrics and describes the cross as the symbolism or the emblem of suffering and shame. And indeed, those six torturous hours of Christ on Friday afternoon suspended between heaven and earth does indeed capture some of the most terrific suffering that has ever been known to man. It captures some of the most horrendous tragedy that has ever, ever been seen or witnessed by the mortal eye. In that moment we see God in flesh as He dealt with the transgression that separated man from God. But not only did He deal with that transgression, He dealt with the curse of sin, the curse that was brought upon humanity. The prophet Isaiah describes this scene of suffering in the 53rd chapter of his writing, verse number 4, when he says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows. Verse 5 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. The prophet Isaiah says that the wounds and the bruised body of Christ was not just for our iniquities and our transgression, but He said it was for our peace that those stripes were laid upon Him. In other words, He intended by the work of the cross that we would be a whole individual, both spiritually, emotionally, and physically. This is the work of the cross, that we would come together spiritually, emotionally, and physically, and be complete. Someone might ask the question, why did Jesus need to suffer such horrific pain? Why did He need to endure such intense suffering? Why was there such tragedy committed against Him on that day on the cross? Many reasons could arise to answer that. Some of those lies within our own sin and our own transgression. But I believe for one of the great reasons that He suffered is Jesus looked down through the eons of time. He looked down through the ages that were yet to come. He looked down through the centuries that were yet to become something of substance. He looked down even into the 21st century where you and I dwell today. And he realized that for someone and some life, it was going to be a Friday in somebody's home. That they would be experiencing a darkness in their life. That they would be experiencing a suffering, a hurt, and a pain. He realized that for someone, somewhere, 
at some time they would endure a great time of suffering. The question is often asked, why does God not stop suffering? Why does He not put His hand up and say, enough with tragedy? Why does He not stop the horrific scenes of tragedy and rape and and molestation that exist in our world today? And the simple answer is this, that God has allowed man to have his free choice to corrupt this world feeling that he could be its own God and ruler over it. But He said, I will go beyond that. I'll enter into that world and I will experience the same suffering that humanity experiences and I will experience the same hurt and I will deal with the same pain so when it's your Friday he can say I know I've already had my Friday when it's your dark day of suffering he can say I understand because I've already walked that road oh yes it's Friday when you have been diagnosed with a terminal illness yes it's Friday when your spouse walks out on you it's Friday when your parents look at you and say I never wanted you anyway it's Friday when your kids look at you and say I hate you I wish you were not my parents it is Friday when your employer hands you a pink slip after you've given your life and time to the to the job it's Friday when they repossess your car it's Friday when the mailbox is filled with more window envelopes than it is advertisements it's Friday when suffering seems to be so real but may I tell you when it's Friday Jesus Christ says I know I've already been there I've already walked there I've already endured that path and I will hold your hand and together we will walk your lonely Friday that you are in. But it's not just suffering that brought Friday. It was not just pain and tragedy and hurt that seemed to reach so deep. It was on Friday that there was an experience of Total abandonment. At least that's what the flesh felt. That there was a total abandonment of God Himself. The psalmist David captures this horrific scene in his psalms. In Psalm chapter 22 and verse number 1 when he writes prophetically, My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring and the psalmist experiencing some physical crisis of his own writes concerning his physical crisis in a prophetic way and he captures the cross when Christ would hang upon that cross and feeling the suffering and the weight of tragedy and all the emotions that it brings uh, that he would lift his voice and say my God my God why hast thou forsaken me yes it's Friday not just when we suffer it's Friday not just when we feel pain it's Friday not just when we feel a darkness that is so dark you feel like you could cut it with a knife it's Friday not only when you're hurting from the top of your head to the sole of your feet but it's Friday when you feel like God is a million 
miles away. It's Friday when you've lifted your voice and you feel like there's no answer. It's Friday when you've buried your head in the corner and you've tried to touch heaven, but heaven is without beyond your reach. It's Friday when you've buried your face in the pillow and you've filled it with your tears and you've asked God to come into the room, but yet God seems to be away. Yes, it's Friday, but God knows all about Friday. He's already endured Friday. He's already endured that darkness and He knows exactly what we're feeling on Friday. May I say to you, Friday does have an end. Friday does come to a conclusion, but it doesn't conclude on the note that we would like for it to conclude on. Friday does reach a point where it ceases, but it doesn't cease at the level we would like for it to cease on. For Scripture says that when he resigned himself to the horror, the suffering, the pain, the tragedy, Luke records the words that he simply gave up the ghost, yielded himself into the hands of God, surrendered himself to the darkness, the pain, and the suffering. Can I say to some of us on this Sunday morning, maybe we are now beyond the suffering and the hurt of Friday. Maybe we are at the point where we have given up the ghost. We have decided that there is no more room for help. There is no more opportunity for this thing to be turned around. There is no more opportunity for this thing to be reversed. The night has taken its toll. The darkness has caused me to cave in to its horror. The tragedy has filled me with such desperation that we simply give up. And when Friday ends, it ends with a period. It ends not with an exclamation, but it ends with a period. Joseph comes in our text and he asks for the body of the Lord that has endured suffering, that has endured pain, that has endured hardship and tragedy. And he asks for the body and scripture simply says in our text that Joseph took the body of Jesus down and he wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher. Can you imagine them now as they step to those horizontal and perpendicular bars and they lower him down from the cross down to that rugged earth and they stretch him out there and they take the linen cloth that they've brought and they delicately and tenderly begin to wrap that bruised body where life once was where hope once existed. Picking that body up now, and they carry it. They carry it to a tomb. A tomb in which that no man has ever laid before. And they take a body that has spoken peace, and a body that has brought joy, and a body that has brought help, and a body that has brought strength. They take now that body, and they lay it in that tomb. And they stretch it out there. 
They say their final goodbyes, they will come back on Sunday and they will do a little better job in the preparation and they'll bring the spices to make sure that he's embalmed properly. But for right now, this will have to do. And somebody comes along with Joseph and they take the stone and they roll it over the mouth of that tomb. And now darkness engulfs, but it's a final darkness. It's a period. It's not an exclamation. It's here the stone is shut and this is how Friday ends. This is how suffering comes to a conclusion. This is how suffering reaches its final point where it crescendos in our ears and says, I won. I prevailed. I have come out with the upper hand. I have triumphed over you. Maybe you are in your Friday right now. Maybe you are in that moment of suffering where you feel like that there's a period and not an exclamation mark. Maybe you are in that Friday right now where you feel like that there is no further hope and you have taken and you've laid every promise and you've laid every hope and you've laid every dream and you've laid every aspiration and you've laid every goal and you've laid every prayer and you've placed it in your tomb and you've said, I just might as well give it up right here and I might as well walk away because there's nothing further that can be done. The Jewish Sabbath begins at 6 o'clock in the evening. So 6 o'clock Friday evening begins the Jewish Sabbath. And when the Sabbath starts at 6 o'clock that evening, there's nothing else that can be done. There's nothing else that can be accomplished. They must go to their homes and fulfill the duties and obligation of the Sabbath. Now, that time in between Friday and Sunday has officially began. It's here that acceptance comes in. It's here that there's a new reality, that there's nothing more that can be done. There's nothing more that can be accomplished. So Scripture tells us in Luke 23 and 52 that the man went into Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus and he took it down and he wrapped it in linen and he laid it in a sepulcher. That was a hewn, st- a hewn stone. And, and verse 55 says that the women came and they, they, that which were with him from Galilee and they followed after and they beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid and they made sure... Scripture says that they made sure the sepulcher and they sealed the stone and they set a watch. It is now Saturday and nothing else can be done. You see, Friday holds some possibilities. There's tragedy on Friday. There's suffering on Friday. But Friday's got just a glimmer of hope. On Friday, there's just a little sunbeam of a possibility that comes shining through because in the darkest hour on Friday, in the darkest hour on Friday, there's a little two-letter word that rises in the middle of that story that I think we need to pay attention to because Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 40 says, if, somebody shout if with me now, if, If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Verse 42 says, If he be the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross. On Friday, there's an if. Just if. 
Just a little possibility. Just if things could be turned around. On Friday, just if there could be just a ray of hope. On Friday, there's just an opportunity just maybe of this thing reversing itself while you're in the middle of your suffering and you're in the middle of your darkness and your pain. On Friday, you hold on to an if. But go with me now to Matthew 27 and 49. We see another little glimmer of hope on Friday. Let us see, he said, whether Elias will come to save us. On Friday, there's an if. On Friday... There's, let us see. Let's, let's, let's just hope here. Let's just see if there's a possibility. Let, let's just see if there's a chance. Uh, friend, there's something about Friday. It don't matter how dark it gets. It don't matter how lonely it gets. It don't matter how frustrating it gets. You always on Friday, just hold on. Just maybe. Just possibly. It just might happen. Let's see. Just if this thing could be turned around. Just if a little life could come into their lungs. Just, just if I could get a, another job. Just if this home would come together. Let's just see if there's a possibility. But on Saturday, on Saturday, the stone is over the tomb. On Saturday, he's laying inside that tomb. On Saturday, there is no possibilities. On Saturday, there is no if. On Saturday, there is no let us see on Saturday there's nothing but a quiet finality that's in the air oh I'd like to preach to you on this Sunday morning to tell you that many of us are living not on Friday where there's suffering where there is such tragedy but a possibility but many are living between Friday and Sunday they're living on Saturday they're living where it is it looks like they've all already concluded there is no hope there is no possibility there is no opportunity there's no chance the tomb has been sealed the body's laid there's no way it's ever going to change now there's no way it's ever going to turn around that's what Saturday tells us is there's just no opportunity but I'm thankful the word of God gives us a little into Saturday. It tells us how to live on Saturday. When you've lost your if, when you no longer have a let us see mentality, but on Saturday, when it's simply the quietness of the grave and death has reigned and it looks like it'll never come out, God gives us a little window into Saturday and He tells us how to live on Saturday. In fact, it happened just a few weeks prior to the resurrection. He'd got a little word from a place called Bethany. Mary and Martha had sent a special note. In our day, they would have sent it by, by Facebook or tweet or Instagram. I don't know how they got the note before there was all this technology. But they got a note to, to, to Jesus and said, He whom thou lovest is sick. That should be hint enough that we are needing you. We're needing you to come. And Lazarus lay sick upon his bed. And uh, Mary and Martha watched for the door. And Lazarus grows more sick by the moment. And Mary must have looked over at Martha and said, let's see if the Lord will come. Let's just see. If, if the Lord would come, he could raise Lazarus from the grave. But no matter how much she looked at the door... No matter how many ifs she, she spoke of, 
How many let see that she uttered from her tongue, Jesus did not come. And finally, Friday comes to its conclusion and death reigns upon Lazarus' body. And they take him and they lay him in a tomb and they roll the stone across that tomb. And lo and behold, between death and resurrection, if Jesus doesn't show up, and they real quickly reminded the Lord, it's Saturday now, there isn't any hope. If you would have been here on Friday, there was a little possibility. There was a ray of opportunity. But we're already in our Saturday. We've already got the tomb sealed. He's already been put away. There is no further opportunity for any turnaround now. He stinketh by this time. He's been dead for days. If you would have been here, he would not have died. Jesus said, you know what? You need to learn to live with an assurance on Saturday. You need to learn to live with a possibility when there is no other possibility. You need to learn how to live with an opportunity that you can't find any other way. So Jesus spoke to Mary and Martha in John chapter 11 and verse number 25. And he said unto her, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me Though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What he was telling Mary and Martha is this, is when it's Saturday and the tomb is sealed, when it's Saturday and there is no more possibility of an if, when it's Saturday and there is no let us see yet to be uttered off of the tongue, when it's Saturday and it's all cold and it's dead and there's no life left, he said, I want you to know I remain the same on Saturday as I was on Friday. I am. Can I tell you right now, it may look like it's over for somebody. It may look like it's finished. You may be in your Saturday right now, but Saturday does not change what he is. He is the resurrection and the life. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody would rise to your feet right now and say, I know he is the resurrection. On Saturday, before Sunday, he is the resurrection. Come on. You don't have to wait to Sunday to know he's the resurrection. You can declare it on Saturday when there is no possibility and there is no opportunity. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am on Friday. I am on Saturday. I am on Sunday. I am the resurrection. Between Friday and Sunday, he remains the same. 
Between Friday and Sunday, he remains a constant. Between Friday and Sunday, he remains unchanged. Between Friday and Sunday, there's no variableness in him. Between Friday and Sunday, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Between Friday and Sunday, he is the forever God. He is the God that is most high. He is the God that is lifted up. He's resurrection on Saturday before Sunday. Somebody clap your hands and just shout a little bit. Come on, it's Saturday. I said it's Saturday, but he's still resurrection. I said it's Saturday, but he's still the resurrection. Yeah, you can be seated. Yeah. <laughs> you said, but I don't see any activity. On Friday, there's an if. On Friday, there's a let us see. But Saturday, the stone is rolled. The body's laid. I saw it. It's gone. It's over. It's finished. What in the world can God do on Saturday? Now, I don't know. We've used our imagination here. Over the years trying to capture this great scene. We've stretched it just about as far as it can be stretched. We've tried to, tried to get a handle on it. But something took place between Friday and Sunday. With the stone sealed and the body where they thought they had laid it. Paul said it like this. That he descended into the lower parts of the earth. Scripture don't give us a whole lot of detail, so we've had to use our imagination. It don't give us a whole big picture. Doesn't spell it out completely. So we've had to apply our own thoughts. But he descended somewhere between Friday and Sunday. He descended into the lower parts of the earth. And I don't know if it is as we have imagined it to be. That that victorious Christ strolled to the gates of hell. And the demon on sentry duty that day saw this glorious, shiny, illuminated figure coming toward death's doors. And I can hear that demon now. Boss! Boss, hey boss, someone's at the door. Who is it? I don't know, but it looks like the Son of God to me. I can see the boss as he sticks his head out of the corner of the dark throne room of hell and he peers down the corner to the gate. And he sees that illuminated figure. I don't know how it happened. I got to use my imagination. But I just think maybe the Lord just said, (laughs) I can see him now walking down that corridor. He's got his keys in his hand. And the Lord said, I'll take those now from you. 
I'll take those now from you. And Satan, against his will, but he has to, he hands them over. Now, I don't know how it happened. All I know is when you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse number 17, Jesus introduces himself and he says, I saw him. I fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me and said, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Here it is. And have, and have the keys of hell and death in my hand. Can I tell you that between Friday and Saturday you may think the tomb is sealed, you may think the body's laid and there's no more if and let us see but beyond where you can peer, beyond where you can look, beyond where you know anything's going on God is at work and he's doing something on Saturday. Can I preach to somebody right now to tell you, even when you don't see it, God is at work on your Saturday. He's at work when you don't think he's doing anything. When you think it's all over and the stone has been placed and it's sealed and it's sure and the body's lain, the Lord is at work on Saturday. Can I preach to somebody on this left-hand side to tell you between Friday and Sunday it's not a sealed tomb. God is at work. Can I preach to somebody in this middle section right now to tell you between Friday and Sunday it's not over. God is at work. Can I tell somebody on this right-hand side right now between Friday and Sunday God is at work. Somewhere beneath the earth, somewhere in the depths, somewhere in the darkness, somewhere against hell, he's at work right now on a Saturday. Come on, somebody clap your hands and shout a little bit now. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Come on, I know we're between Friday and Sunday. I know you've already laid the home to rest. I know you've already put the kids in the grave. I know you've already laid your backsliders to rest. I know you've already given up, but don't give up because on Saturday, he's still the resurrection. And he's at work. Now this is what I like. Because Luke's the only one that recorded it. He's the only one that wrote. Matthew and Mark and John, they just didn't even deal with it. But Luke did. Joseph's taken the body now. He's taken it from the cross. He's wrapped it in none of clothes. Mary, Magdalene and the other Mary, they followed him. They've seen where they laid him. The stone is in place. It's sealed now. It's as sure as it can be. It's there. And then comes along Luke. And he just dipped his pen in the ink and pressed it upon the parchment. And he writes verse number 56 of Luke chapter 23. And they rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. 
So what do you do between Friday and Sunday? Notice what Scripture says now. Here's the Sabbath. They rested on the Sabbath. Now watch. According to the I can see them look at one each other and say, tomb sealed, stones in place, he's inside. What do we do? Do we abandon the scriptures? Do we walk away from the word? Do we walk away from the commandments? Do we give up? Man, I, I tried religion and it didn't work. I tried that God stuff and it just didn't pan out. I tried that faith and hope stuff and it just didn't, didn't come together. I can see Mary look over the other Mary. Said it's Sabbath and we got a commandment. We're just going to go do what we know to do. We're just going to do the last thing He told us. We're just going to do what the book says. I don't know what's taking place over here. And I don't know if anything will ever change here. I don't know if there will be any, any alteration in this. But I'm just going to go back and do what I've known to do for all these years. I'm just going to go back to the book. I'm just going to go back to the commandment. And I'm just going to keep, when it's Saturday, I'm just going to keep loving the commandments. When it's Saturday, I'm just going to stay obedient to the word. When it's Saturday, when I have no answer, when it looks like a period instead of an exclamation mark, when it looks like it's over, I'm just going to go back to the commandment and the word of God. And I'm just going to rest on it. And I'm just going to stand on it. And I'm just going to believe in it. Can I tell somebody, I know you got a tomb right now. I know it's sealed. I know it looks like it's over. I know you've seen where the body's laying. But don't give up on God. Don't give up on church. Don't give up on the Word of God. Don't give up on the commandments. Go back when it's Saturday and say, I'm just sticking to the book. I don't know what's going on. And I can't explain it. But I'm just going to love the Word. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So this is what you do. This is what you do. This is how it all happens right here. Suffering is coming. Pain is coming. Agony is coming. And so you get the family up. You get the family up on Sunday morning. And you say, son, it's time to go to church. But dad, Saturday, it's over. What else are we going to do? But son, listen to me. We still got a commandment. And we still got a word. And we're just going to do what we know to do. So come on, buddy. Let's just go back and rest. Let's just go back and we're going to sit down with the Word of God. And we're just going to believe that God is faithful. That God is true. That God is steadfast. Because you don't ever give up. You hear me, son, now? You don't ever give up on God. You hear me now, son? You don't ever give up on the Word of God. Hear me now? You don't ever give up on the pages of this good book. 
You don't ever throw it away. You don't ever toss it aside. You just stay with the book. Even when it's Saturday. Because I got a feeling. I just got a feeling. If you stay with the book. I said if you stay with the commandment. If you stay with the word of God. I just believe the sun's going to rise again. And there's going to be a Sunday. They rested. Nothing happened. Nothing happened on that sixth day. Nothing happened on that seventh day. But on that first day, Scripture says it like this in Luke 24 and 1. Upon the first day of the week. Matthew 28 and 1 says, In the end of the Sabbath, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Mark 16 and 1. When the Sabbath was passed. John 20 and 1. The first day of the week cometh. The first day of the week cometh. Do you get the picture yet? When the Sabbath was ended, it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. The first day of the week cometh. There will always be a Sunday following your Saturday. I said there will always be a Sunday following your Saturday. Can I tell you how God works? Let me tell you how God works. When things get interrupted, go back to the story in Genesis. And when you read that story in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, you read about that great flood that took place, Noah. And uh, he went into the ark, and he was there. The earth is washed, and, uh, and it's cleansed. They're shut up inside of that ark. And yet when the waters abated, Scripture says that Noah came out. Now watch. Jesus said, just because things have interrupted my system. Watch. Just because things has interrupted my system doesn't mean things will not continue. For he said this, seed time and harvest. Fall, winter, spring and summer shall continue. Just because there's an interruption doesn't mean that God will not allow the natural process to continue. And so it may be Saturday. Things may have got interrupted. But God said, we're not going to allow this little interruption here to change the process. There shall be a Sunday. And when the women came to the tomb in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 5, they asked the question because they came back expecting to find what they found on Saturday and said, hey, why seek ye the living amongst the dead? It's not Saturday anymore. It's Sunday. When you pass Saturday, quit talking 
about Sunday like it's still Saturday. Start talking about Sunday like it's the resurrection. Start talking about Sunday like God has brought about a great work. He is not here. He is risen. Can I preach to somebody? It's not Saturday anymore. It's Sunday. You ought to expect the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not Saturday anymore. Suffering is gone. Pain is gone. Deadness is gone. Resurrection is here. Somebody ought to realize it's Sunday in my life today. It's an opportunity for God to do a great and a mighty and a powerful work. I wish somebody would stand to your feet with me right now. Lift both hands to heaven. Tilt your face toward the Lord and say, God, if you'll help me, I'll find my Sunday. I'll find the resurrection. I'll find the resurrection. That's it all over the building right now. From the right to the middle, to the left-hand side here. Come on. Come on, you may find yourself between right now. You may find yourself between. But God's working in your life, sir. God's working in your life, ma'am. Come on, God's doing some things in your home right now. Come on, you've come to Sunday. It's not Saturday anymore. Come on, it's not Saturday anymore. Quit talking on Sunday like it's Saturday. Quit talking about death on Sunday. Quit talking about pain on Sunday. He's not here. He's risen. This is a day of triumph. This is a day of victory. This is a day of conquering. Oh, somebody begin to give the Lord a little praise right now. Come on, I wish somebody would step out of your Saturday now. Come on, I wish somebody would step out of your Saturday right now. I wish somebody would step out of your Saturday. I wish somebody would step out of your Saturday. Come on, God's ready to do a work in your life, sir. He's ready to do a work in your home, ma'am. He's ready to resurrect some things. He's ready to bring some things back to life again. I don't know what you came here for today, but there is no deadness here. There is no sorrow and pain here. There's nothing but life. Resurrection. Hallelujah. 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 That's it. I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning. Wherever you're at, across this building right now, you're wanting God to do something in your life. And you believe that this is your resurrection morn. You're stepping from your Saturday. You're going to step out of your deadness, your sorrow, your lifelessness. And you're going to step into the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want you to push your way down toward this altar. Push up out of the aisle. Let everybody get in that wants to get in right now. God wants to give you a resurrection on this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. It's not Saturday anymore. I said it's not Saturday anymore. I said it's not Saturday anymore. It's Sunday. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. People are coming from all over the building right now. Just push right on up out of, out of those aisles into this front. That's it. God's ready to meet with you now. God's ready to meet with you. There's a resurrected God in the house right now. There's a resurrected God 
in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.